0: And welcome to another episode of Family Wealth and Other Musings. I am your host, Becky Easton, and thank you for tuning back in uh, again to this episode. I want to talk a little bit about the law when you turn 18. Now, as soon as you're 18, you are considered an adult in the eyes of the law and for you parents out there who are listening in, who have kids who are maybe um, coming up on eighteen uh, in their teenage years, um, I definitely hope you will listen in as well, because there's a lot that happens when when you turn eighteen, and all of a sudden you're just expected to now um, be an adult, and know what that means, and how to comply and comport yourself out in public and, um, you know, not everybody doesn't all get the same information or instructions on how to do that. Right. <laughs> so, um, there is actually a little book. Let's see who put this together. Oh, it's the Arizona foundation for legal services and education that put together a, a little booklet that I'm, I'm reading out of today that is called The Law When You Turn 18. And it's a free publication and just has a a little bit of information about a number of topics ranging, let's see, what all do we have? Alcohol, banking, consumer protection, criminal charges, divorce, employment, drugs foster care, guns and weapons, housing, marriage, military, parties, recreation, sexual offenses, tort law, trafficking um, of persons, not like traffic laws, Uh, because you learned those when you were 16, so I think they assume you already know that, (laughs) Uh, or there is a transportation section. So, you know, anyway, just covering a whole lot of things, and um, so I'm going to break this up and and bring this to you guys in a few different segments over um, over a, a few different podcasts. And I want to talk first about um, two different subjects that I think are, are super important. First up, voting. Obviously, that's hot on everybody's mind right now with midterm elections coming up, and um, and yeah, it's a big thing when you turn 18. And that is, you know, one of uh, the major civic duties that that you get to enjoy when you're when you're 18 and taking part and in that process and, you know, letting your voice be heard. I know a lot of a lot of times it can feel like it doesn't matter. Um, I know I've I've uh, been, had times when I felt like my, you know, why bother, Um, you know, maybe my vote doesn't matter at all, Um, but at least lately, and the more that I get involved in my community, um, the more I see how voting in smaller elections, like midterm elections, really matters, And focusing locally also can kind of enable you to have a lot more of a visible effect, Um, maybe. But anyway, um, there are just a few kind of frequently asked questions that I wanted to share with you when it comes to voting, right? So let's say you forgot to register, right? Can you just show up anyway? Unfortunately, the answer is no there. You can't vote unless you have properly registered and your name appears in both the general county register and in the precinct register or list of your precinct and election districts, although there are some exceptions. And all of these laws that I'm talking about here, guys, are from Arizona, so if you are listening in a different state, um, obviously country, then uh, your um, rules might be a little bit different here, but the the idea will be the same. So let's say you filled out an early ballot, but then forgot to mail it in. Can you just vote at the poll? Well, actually, if you forgot to mail in your early ballot but you still have it, you can just skip that line entirely and turn it in at the polling location. So you fill out your early ballot just the same, um, but you don't actually put it in the mail and take it to that polling location. And the polling workers can show you where to drop off your early ballot. And that brings up another good question, like where do I vote anyway, right? And you can vote at the polling place in the precinct in which you live. And county elections offices establish polling places for your neighborhood. And so additionally, some counties have voting centers that allow eligible voters to vote at any center in their county. You may also vote early by requesting an official early ballot from your county recorder or other officer in charge of the election within 93 days before the election. Early ballots are mailed in, allowing individuals to vote without going in to a polling place. So, lots of ways to get that done. You don't have to show up on the actual day and wait in line necessarily. <laughs> so, what do you need to bring with you to the polls? When you arrive at the polls on election day, you want to provide your name and your place of residence to the elections official and present one form of ID. From an approved list, which includes an Arizona's driver's license, Arizona ID card, a tribal enrollment card, or other form of tribal identification, the U.S. federal, state, or local government-issued IDs. So what if you are away at college? Are you allowed to vote there? Well, yes, but only if you've registered there. So usually you have to vote where you are domiciled. And when you're in college, you probably haven't changed your domicile to the new state at all. So you would probably still be voting um, by requesting an absentee um, absentee ballot from your home state. And then how about if you need to change your address? Now, you can go to servicearizona.com if you have a state-issued ID, or you can do it by mail or in person at the county recorder's office. That ensures that you have that right address on your um, on your driver's license there or other form of ID um, when you go to vote. So. I also wanted to touch on the subject of contracts, because as soon as you are 18, you are eligible to enter into contracts and legally um, bind yourself to, um, to contracts, essentially, you know, to, to make purchases, to uh, give services. And what is a contract anyway? A contract, uh, according to Black's Law Dictionary, which is what all uh, much of the legal profession uses, a contract is an agreement between two or more parties creating obligations that are enforceable or otherwise recognizable at law. So it means that an agreement creates terms, conditions, and obligations between each person to perform and abide by as long as those terms and conditions are legal, under state and or federal law. So you can't have an enforceable contract for something illegal. You, the court is never going to enforce that. Um, I mean, you could certainly technically have the contract, right? But it's not going to be enforceable um, if it is illegal under state or federal law. And who can sign a contract, right? So anyone over 18 years old um, can legally sign a contract. And whether that's for a car loan, an apartment, employment, or any other legal document, it puts you legally responsible for everything within the contract. So even if you didn't read it. That's not an excuse when it comes to your responsibilities with a contract. And I think this is a top 10 thing to be aware of. Just because you didn't actually read it or you weren't aware, um, that is not an excuse. You want to make sure that you're carefully reading And that you do actually agree to the terms and conditions in the contract before you're signing. And depending on what kind of contract it is, I highly encourage you to have an attorney look it over as well. And have that legal set of eyes reading over it. Sometimes there's not anything you can do about it. You're going to have to accept the contract the way it is. Sometimes there's some wiggle room. And all of the time, it's about ensuring that you know what sort of agreement you are making and what kind of promises you are giving in return for what you are getting. So what are some of the other things that are really important to consider before signing? You want to read the entire document. Make sure you understand and agree to each section. And if you don't understand a section, ask questions. If you're in disagreement over a certain section, talk with the other person about changing or eliminating that section. It does not hurt to ask. You never want to leave any sort of blank spaces in a contract. You want to either fill them in or cross them off. And you always want to make sure that you get a copy of the contract once it's signed by both parties. You want to keep that in a safe and secure place in case you ever need it again. And what if a party doesn't perform on their part of the contract? There are a few things that could happen. The parties can agree to resolve the breach, as it's called, by changing the original contract in a way that allows the failing party to better perform his or her duties under the contract, and that's called a modification. But if a change to the original agreement isn't an option, the party that is failing can be sued in court for failing to perform his or her duties, and a judge then will decide what the consequences will be in most cases the failing party will owe the other party money which is known as an award for monetary damages and do all contracts have to be in writing frankly no in arizona at least verbal contracts may be legal and binding and although it's true verbal contracts can be really difficult to prove if a breach occurs so in order to have an official binding contract under the statutes of fraud The contract has to be in writing and signed by all parties who are held to the contract. And if you think about it, it really is just a way to solidify what your agreement was at the time. Because everybody has um, short memory sometimes and... um, It's good to know to have that down in writing and always ensure, like I said earlier, that you get a copy of that as well. So that was some really great initial information about um, two of the really important issues that come up once you turn 18. And I'll keep the questions going tomorrow, actually, and I'll read um, a couple of the other topics that are in here. And um, this is great information. And like I said, this is a free um, publication. It's put out by the Arizona Foundation for Legal Services and Education. So um, check that out um, and see how you can... Oh, here's a Email address. Oh, not an email address. a web address. So head out to lawforkids.org and um you can request some copies of this free publication. And I think they have some other good stuff on there as well. So thank you so much for tuning in to um listen to my podcast again today, guys. The again I'm Becky Easton, your host. And this has been the podcast, Family Wealth and Other Musings, and we'll talk to you more tomorrow. Bye.